0: Ari I'm here with another fun-filled episode of that 41k Podcast this week's topic. Um, basically how plant providers could be good, how they could be better. Um, just, you know, following some of the ideas that I've had about treating people um, you know, certain ways and whatnot and experiences and, and all that kind of good stuff. Go to that 4 site.com for further information on all our events. Uh, pretty soon we will have a sign-up. Yeah, it's 10 months away. But got to sign up for Arlington, Texas on May the 3rd, uh, 2024. We will also have an event at Yankee Stadium on June the 7th, 2024, both Fridays. Um We'll do things differently than we did in the past in terms of the tickets and whatnot. Uh, we may ask, you know, for the Texas event. We may ask people to pay up for a, a baseball ticket the day before. Same with the Yankee Stadium. Um, trying to cut down on costs. You know, one of the biggest problems in co- terms of costs was, you know, buying 30, 40 tickets and, you know, not a lot of people showing up. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Kino Mitchell. I signed up as the uh, stadium tour sponsor for the uh, Arlington, Texas event. So we got people interested in sponsoring again, which is great. I know with a lot of DCIOs, their budget doesn't get set up until December. So hopefully we can get a lot of uh, plant providers uh, to partake in this. Running a uh, deal where people who, you know, sponsor to speak at Arlington or the Bronx um, – We'll get a free slot at the National Virtual Conference, which will be in January. Uh, of course, um, you get my emails, uh, the Virtual Plant Sponsor Conference is free. Um, otherwise, you're going to pay like $2 or something like that. So let's get to the topic at hand. Um, I think the older I get, maybe I'm a little bit wiser. Um, it's just this weird time in my life, you know, I, I you hit a certain age and, you know, the kids are getting older, you know, my son graduated high school and I wrote a really, uh, I think a really heartfelt article, um, I'm at 4k com. I called it full circle. And it's, you're, you know, looking at some of the things in your life. And you always want to make it better for your kids. So, you Know if you get a chance, I it's one of my favorite things I've ever written. Uh, Full Circle, um, is an article uh, based on the Aerosmith song, uh, Full Circle, which um, came out the year I was graduating law school. Love that, love that song. I was actually in the crowd when they filmed the video at uh, the Fleet Center, which now is TD Garden. Um, but anyway. Uh, the idea, the promise behind that, you know, piece that I wrote was, you know, re- you know, reflecting about, you know, times in my past where, you know, I had parents who just absolutely were buzzkillers. Um, like every graduation I ever had, it was there was always something, and I, I talked about my high school years and how I didn't do very well in high school, and you know, graduation, I lost forty pounds my senior year. And I was so looking forward to going to college, and my mom was like, "Well, you know, your father left early and discussed because you know Alicia got an 85 average and you had an 83 average, and if you don't try hard at high school, uh, if you don't try hard at college, we're, we're going to take you out and you're going to become an electrician." So it's like you know, it was all about like just like buzzkills, not allowed, not allowing the opportunity to have any joy. And so I compare that with my son, where you know. It was a huge deal for us for him to graduate with a regent's diploma. Um, You know, Jason's a really special kid, you know, just a lot different than I am. And, you know, I he's a lot sweeter than I ever was. And, you know, the article is about what I tried to make things right by giving him this graduation celebration at City Field and you know, him enjoying all that stuff, I got him actually in the booth with Gary Cohen and Keith Hernandez. They had this big screen that said, you know, uh, on the um, on the screen at City Field, congratulating Jason on graduating high school and whatnot. And so, you know, it's it's the idea you're trying to make things right. And I uh, just, today, my daughter um, got her, per- you know, passed her permit test on the first try and She's gonna you know start driving and I was telling her the story that uh, I got 70 to pass in New York State on the written test. It's like 20 questions. I think I got a 75 or an 80. And all I heard about was from my father, you only got an 80. like I mean you know in the end, who cares? You know that wasn't put into my high school GPA. It didn't matter. And so, like I said, I'm just, you know, the older I get, I don't know, necessarily think maybe I'm wiser, but I just, I feel about things differently. It's like, you know, I'm 51, uh, I'm probably playing on the back nine, uh, unless I get to 100. Um, You know, here's hoping, you know, my, my grandmother on my father's side did not take very good care of herself. And she lived till she was like 89. So listen, maybe there's hope. But, uh, you know, just dealing with, again, a lot of things and you reflect, uh, you get to a certain age, you're wiser, you reflect on things and, you know, our, our lives are, are the sum of our choices, which is a great line in the, uh, Last Mission possible movie. And when I started my practice about 13 years ago, I wanted to do things differently, um, I worked for TPA's for about ten years. Uh, I, for the most part, I really liked it. Um, then I worked three years for law firms, and I hated it. And just found out that the one of the the, the attorney who got me hired at Myers Swasey just retired right now. He's just hit seventy. He doesn't look seventy, but uh, you know. I I wanted to be different when I started my own practice and, um, you know, that's the explanation on on, on how you could be better as a plant writer and how you could be a good person and and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, I'll never be successful as I want to be. That's just my competitive nature uh, or kind of, you know, maybe unhappiness, but I do okay especially now, out of debt, ever since the last few years, finally out of debt, thanks to Hurricane Sandy and my wife losing her job for three years, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of plant providers out there that don't, that aren't good in terms of their behavior towards other people. Uh, They may be successful, but they're, you know, successful in monetarily, but, There's a lot left to be desired if they're, you know, acting a a certain way. And I think that to be good, to be a decent person, you can make it uh, as a retirement plan provider. I really believe that you do. Um, I really think that uh, the important part is that, uh, you know, you can... uh, be, you know you can be good. Uh, you can achieve a level of success as a plan provider. It's it's mission possible, which of course you know. Just saw a few weeks back Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning Part One, and I gotta say that uh, it wasn't as good as uh, Fallout, but it's probably the second best Mission Impossible movie ever. And it's hard to believe that I first started watching Cruise. I think it was. 95 or 96, I think 96 is when the first Mission Impossible movie. And it's just crazy that, you know, he's still doing these crazy things and the the series is getting better and better. But uh, first things first, I think you should treat people the way you want to be treated. I I think that's what I've always said in business. Just talked to an advisor in Hawaii yesterday. He's got to start his own RIA practice and was talking to him. And, you know, I always say that. I treat people the way um, I want to be treated. You know, I am i wear my heart on my sleeve. And, you know, I think it's debatable whether that's good or bad. I, I say things. I, I i don't censor myself. I tell you how I feel. And, and a lot of times that, you know, doesn't work out. People don't like uh, – people feel sometimes threatened with – The truth, they're threatened, more importantly, by different opinions. Um, You know, again, uh, treat, you know, people the way you want to be treated. Even when I was treated poorly by my bosses, law firm partners, and, you know, kind of unscrupulous plant providers, I refused to let the bad treatment of myself affect the way I want to treat people. So it's like, I want to treat people the way I want to be treated, and, you know, a few times over the last 13 years, that doesn't really work out. But that's – it's not going to change who I am. Just because someone's a jackass doesn't mean that I have to change my ways. I, you know, you, you kind of like lose when you let people like that affect how you deal with people. You know, I want to be treated with respect, uh, you know, uh, and that my business, you know, you know, matters – so I'm certainly going to do the same for my clients. And it goes also with other plant providers. I treat them with respect uh, until they don't deserve it. Um, when I was working for, you know, mayer and I got nowhere with the law firm partners and trying to generate any business, which again, it doesn't make any sense. Um, that's why I always bring it up law firm partners at mayer Swazi for every dollar that I generated in fees, for their existing clients, the law firm partner would get an origination fee of 50% of the fees that I brought in. So if I knocked out a plain document, charged 2500 bucks, that law firm partner who was the originating attorney would get 1250 bucks. That's capitalism. Man, where, where else can you get that kind of referral fee? Yet the law firm partners just never knew how to cross-sell. They were... You know, it was a law firm still to this day made up of former sole proprietors, and they treated their client lists like they were, you know, the the knock list in uh, Mission Impossible, uh, the first movie. And uh, I figured since I could get nowhere with these law firm partners, the way I would be able to get business was to work with financial advisors and TPAs. And how do you generate that when you don't have clients of your own to refer? So... I decided, well, you know, listen, if I write articles that these TPAs and advisors can use to generate business, they're going to remember me for doing them a good deed, not charging them for the article, uh, and they will refer me business. Of course, Meyer Swazi, you know, I came up with that idea over there, and I want to say it would take six months to get an article approved. So, you know, in the time that I'm here on my own practice, within six months, I'll knock out about 25 articles. Um, that you know some are better than others and uh, there's a legacy there there's a whole litany there's a whole library of articles that advisors can use you know you're talking about 650 articles maybe um, you know and again with plan providers are I always answer questions for advisors at TPAs at usually no cost and of course uh, you know, there are obviously clients out there that, uh, you know, they pay me, you know, $250, $500 a month to help them and guide them a monthly retainer. But most people, most plant providers, you know, the one-off question, you're not going to charge them. You know, trying to build goodwill because goodwill uh, will help you generate business. And of course, helping out plant providers is like growing a garden. It doesn't immediately pay off. I've helped advisors and not hear from them. And then five years later... There's a you know a client matter that they're going to refer me to, and uh, you know that's how it is. And, and of course, people move over. You know, you talk to um, people who are advisors who are now working for TPAs, and this, this and that. It's a small knit business, and so if you're nice to people, uh, people are going to remember that, and uh, that's why it's important to be nice. And it's also important to play nicely with other plan providers. And, uh, you know, I worked for Producing TPA, uh, not a shade to say Gela Group. And um, before, you know, for for a period of time when I wasn't there, uh, they had a bad reputation in terms of taking business from advisors that referred to them business because they were a Producing TPA. They had an affiliated um, uh, advisory group. Uh, But when I worked with Rich Larita, who came over, and that's when I came over to that company. Uh, Rich really was able to v- develop relationships with all these advisors um, because they trusted Rich. Uh, Rich was, you know, a, wor- a man of his man of his word. And so there were situations where if a advisor got fired, Rich would wash his hands of the client. He would fire the client just because they fired the advisor out of respect to the advisor that brought them business rather than, you know, take over um, the fiduciary component of the plan through their, you know, through our affiliated RIA. People may think that that is crazy, but Rich's loyalty to the people that brought him business is still talked about to this day. Rich Larita is gone 16 years and about three months Yet, if I will post something about Rich larita people will talk about Rich. And that's how he was. I mean, people 20 years from now, people will still talk about Rich Larita because that's who he was. And, you know, it's important to uh, play nicely with plan providers and including your competitors. Listen, you'll never hear me say a bad thing about other risk attorneys. Um, there's never a reason to. Uh, it would just, obviously, if, even if I had a reason, you know, I would complain and say, so-and-so is uh, blah, blah, charges too much fees, blah, blah, blah. It would make me look bad. Um, but I don't never see Arissa Attorneys as competition. Uh, listen, I, I think the world of, uh, Marsha Wagner, um, I've known Marsha for 20 years, uh, Eileen Ferenzi came out, uh, contacted me after my my house was devastated, my my office was devastated by the by Hurricane Sandy. Uh, you know these are good people. Um, there is that there is that one there is that one Aris attorney who is works in Marsha's firm. I think he's a partner there, who was my instructor at boston university tax llm um i emailed him at one point after i graduated when i worked for harvey berman and he didn't respond to me so okay so maybe there is that one or attorney that i'll say bad things about but not publicly but you know i don't see them as competition i, I just you know my business small medium-sized businesses don't you know don't really go there you know they're they they can not compete with me on price and i don't you know, my clientele is different from theirs, and I think there's enough business for us to go around. So I'm not going to say anything badly about that. And, you know, that's how I feel. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the problem with dealing with other plant providers as an ERISA attorney is a situation where um, – you know you represent the client and there's a situation with the TPA i have that right now with a, a DOL inquiry where the TPA who referred me to the business it turns out they made a mistake on the plan document for the client and uh we probably got to go bcp and DOL. so for me that's tough because when a TPA or advisor refers to me as a refers to me as a client there's an attorney client privilege between me and the plan sponsor so here's a perfect example. Years ago, um, a few years back, um, I had a TPA who I've known since the beginning of time, since they were a one person shop with a small little office over there by, uh, Penn station. I knew this guy from college. Um, he referred me a mat to a matter, um, with a client, um, where there was a situation, uh, dealing with a, uh, former employee who took out a distribution who wasn't entitled to the distribution and all this other stuff. And, uh, the TPA, the administrator on the plan was kind of weak and he tried to charge a client and I took the side of the client and needless to say that my relationship with that TPA is kaput. They take things personally and that's a trouble. But outside of that, um, Always deal with providers with respect. I mean, non arrest attorneys don't have the matter of that whole attorney-client privilege, uh, where the you know clients' needs are paramount, duty of loyalty, and all that kind of stuff. Plan providers, it's a little bit different. As long as you're not in a fiduciary setting, but I think it's important to you know work well with other providers, whether they refer you business or don't. People talk about the great work you do, but I think more people will talk if you are terrible at what you do and you have a bad reputation. People like to talk negative things. So, you know, my community, the Facebook groups, you know, something won't even be open and they'll complain about it. Shake Shack is opening up in 12 days. And, you know, that's a big thing in the Rosemount household because Jason Rosemount, my son, is the biggest Shake Shack fan in the world. Oceanside's getting a Shake Shack in 12 days. They're already complaining about it. The guy, uh, you know, somebody's like, well, you know, uh, uh, Press 195 has better food. Who, who cares? It's Shake Shack. Uh, you know, uh, Peter Luger probably has a better burger than Shake Shack. That's just a fact. But again, people will talk about the great work you do, but more people will talk about the bad work you do or how you can't be trusted with clients. Next, I think it's important to be as transparent on fees as you can. You know, I worked for law firms for about three years, and it just wasn't for me. It really was, you know, with, with these medium-sized law firms, and even larger-sized law firms, it's predicated on the billable hour. They don't care about the work that you do. It's just how many hours you can bill. And, you know, I would get complaints from Lois that I billed too little or too much, and we would just never just right. And I... You know, so for three years I was working for law firms. Hated that situation. The ten years that I worked for TPA's, I liked that situation because I could bill a flat fee. Um, that's why I positioned myself. Again, most law firms charge by the hour. I was going to charge a flat fee. Tell the client up front what's going to be. Uh, outside of the audits, uh, this is what I do. And you know, the billable hours is. There's a something surprising when you see it. So yeah, my wife's involved in two different lawsuits, and there's nothing worse when you get that bill in the mail and you don't know how many hours it's going to be. So it's is it a, a two thousand dollar bill or is it a nine thousand dollar bill? You don't know. And one time I had a collection matter, I had a TPA in Atlanta that uh, didn't pay me forty thousand dollars in fees, and I hired a collection law firm in Atlanta. And, uh, I mean, they were so bad with the billing that I just eventually fired them and they just screwed the whole case up. But, uh, you know, one of the uh, associates spent 45 minutes figuring out, um, how I could get paid. And I'm like, I, it didn't take me 45 minutes. The guy, you know, this TPA works on the, uh, empower or, um, uh, it was the Empower or uh, Nationwide platform, and I could probably get paid that way uh, by uh, affixing um, uh, an order to, to seize assets or whatever it was. But, you know, the billable hour is a scary thing, and so I changed that. But with other plan providers, obviously the fee disclosure regulations kind of helped with fee transparency, but I still think that we can go a long way further with it. Because I still think there are a lot of TPAs, especially maybe the insurance companies, that are just make it very, very difficult for a plan sponsor to understand the fees that are being paid. And I get, I think my only knock against the fee disclosure regulations was that the DOL did go to like a um, a preferred standard format. You know, you 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 buy a food item. You know, the FDA has this. you know, mandatory listing that is consistent with all different, um, you know, you buy a package of Chips Ahoy, you buy, you know, a ready-made salad at the, um, at the supermarket. And it's, you know, same, you know, calories, fat, and all that kind of stuff. And I wish a deal would do that. And so I really believe that, you know, uh, when it comes to disclosures, Uh, it's important to be fully transparent fees, Uh, never have a question, I just really think that uh, they should have a fee disclosure that could fit an 8.5 by 11 page, that's where I think, and um, you know, if you're not going to disclose all your fees and kind of be hiding behind jargon, all it does is put you at a competitive disadvantage, because you've got to have a competing plan provider who's pretty clear as to what they charge, and they will always look a lot less than you do, whether they are or not. You know, right now I'm going through uh, a phase where I have to switch four cell phones. We have the iPhone XR, and we're all going to get 14s. And, you know, trying to figure out what T-Mobile, where we currently are, and Verizon and the pricing, it's just such a scam. It's like, you know, T-Mobile will, if you switch to a new plan, uh, they'll give you $750 back for the phone instead of $350, but it's going to be $60 extra a month um, for the service. So as you figure out, you know, we don't change the phone so quickly, so that doesn't make any sense. And Verizon may give us 800 bucks a phone, but whatever it is, it's just it's just not a way to do business. Uh, just spit it out exactly how much it's being, you know, you know what's being charged. I don't I don't need to be scammed. Next, getting fired is part of the business. You know, you're always hired to be fired. Um, sometimes you're fired because you screw up. And a lot of times, most of the time, it's not. You know, you're a good provider most of the time. And uh, there are issues and whatever it is. But sometimes you can get click, clipped for no reason, you know, for tomorrow. You know, uh, um, just so many different ways. I mean, I, I've seen... Um uh, TPAs canned just because, uh, the advisor told them to, um, not because of cost. Uh, the advisor wants to switch all his plans to one provider, which is a ridiculous reason for a change, but it happens. So you can't think, you can't, you know, take things personally. You know, when I was younger in school, you know, I would burn bridges if I got a negative feeling from a classmate. So, you know, uh... Until my you know late 20s, I wasn't very good at dating. So if I tried to ask a girl out and she kind of blew me off, I, I would literally burn that bridge. Uh, and that, you know, not something I'm proud of, but it's part of the education process of one Ari Rosebaum. But uh, I've learned to have a thicker skin. I've learned to not take things personally. It's business. It's not personal. And, um, you know, I've been in situations where the plan provider took the firing. uh, Very, very personal. And, you know, that was, again, I've always mentioned the TPA that I filed a complaint with the DOL where they uh, just basically, um, you know, wanted to charge my plane $80,000 for a valuation of 5,500 that we already paid for. Uh, And then a a lot of money for deconversion fees, which were never fully disclosed. So uh, I don't think you can, you should never take things personally. A former client could be your client once again, very, very shortly. That's how things roll. Um, There's a a TPA here in Long Island and, uh, you know, he said, you know, I had a client fire me, went right to ADP. And, uh, you know, well, then within a year it came back. You know, it's like a boomerang sometimes. And, um, you should never, uh, take things personally. Um, it's just, it's business. It's, it's not personal. Last but not least, good people make money. Uh, my uncle Harry, um, is married to my aunt, uh, my Aunt Judy. Uh, Despite the fact that he's a bragger and that he has failed at any business not founded by his father, Uncle Harry is a very, very good man. He's a good and decent man. Uh, His fortune was made in the hat manufacturing business started by his father, Sam Bunk, who was an absolute saint. So the Bunk Skull Cap Company, or whatever they're called, I think they're still in the Bronx, what was really cool about them was in the late 70s, they would actually uh, manufacture hats for McDonald's. I, I don't I don't know if it was all the McDonald's, but McDonald's, Burger King, and Pizza Hut. So there was a time you would see me in 1979 wearing a hat that uh, the folks at Pizza Hut would have. I wish I still had those hats, probably make some money. Um, but, you know, Harry got sick and tired of the hat manufacturing business, even though that was his bread and butter. Um, You know, dealing with the unions and, you know, with the factory in the Bronx, he's got to compete against providers that were in Tennessee and charging a lot less and blah, 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 blah. But Uncle Harry um, decided to get into the indoor amusement park business. And he did so uh, because um, my uncle Mark, uh, his brother-in-law, needed a job. So, uh, you know, Uncle Mark needed a job because he had a falling out with his brother or whatever. But Uncle Mark is not Un- Mark anymore to me. He's the former Uncle Mark. But that's a whole nother story. So my Uncle Harry lost millions in the indoor amusement park business. They had, you know, it was fascinating. And for those uh, want to know, they started with, um, went into the restaurant part of an indoor amusement park in Union, New Jersey before buying that out. They also had one in Langhorn down the block from Sesame Place, which is now a Raymore and Flanagan over there in Langhorne. It was an old, it was an old USPS depot. Um, and then um, they were going to go into a place in Middletown with like an OTB next to an OTB or whatever it was. But basically, my uncle lost millions and had to file for bankruptcy. And he claimed that only thieves made money in the indoor amusement park business. And I'm sure that there are very good people in the indoor amusement park business. Uh, Dave & Buster's seems like, you know, that company seems like solid people. I had my son's bar mitzvah reception at Dave and Buster's. I think they do a good job and they make a couple of shekels. But, you know, the problem was, is it wasn't that, you know... My uncle failed because he wasn't a thief. My uncle failed because he was in partnership with a bunch of thieves. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't even say thieves. They actually weren't thieves. They were just crazy people. It was a husband and wife, couple, obviously. Uh, And the woman was carrying on an affair with the husband's nephew, who was a dentist, whatever it was. And that's why they failed. You know, so much costs with these indoor amusement parks and liability insurance and constant refurbishment. And it just completely and utterly failed. Um, that's just, but you know, there are places nearby where they succeed. Um, and you know, Dave and Buster's does pretty well. And I've seen other establishments out there very well. Circus Circus still has that, uh, uh, Kitty stuff uh, on the second floor over there in the hotel casino, but a large majority. Of this the story basically is a large part of uh, you know a large majority of plant providers are decent people. Uh, they're honest. Uh, sure, there's schemers out there, but they are uh, few and far between. Um, a lot of times they get exposed, um, but you know it's a small industry. Uh, Again, despite its national scope, and people talk behind the scenes. So when that TPA um, tried to squeeze us out of $80,000, people came forward and said, oh yeah, we've we've heard that story. So uh, it's important to know that you don't have to be a cheat, you don't have to be a liar to make money in this business. Most of the people in this business are good and decent people, and... That's really it. So sorry, I went on. You know, I usually knock these out in twenty minutes. Uh, I'm actually going away next week to Seattle, so I'm going to have to knock out a couple of episodes. Uh, I'm going to Seattle trip from Seattle, driving down from Seattle to San Diego for about eleven days. So I'm going to have to record some episodes in advance. Uh, this one is a fresh episode. It's knocking down on Friday. Uh, but you know, uh, we'll still be here with new episodes. Don't want to, you know, run old podcasts and, um, thank you for tuning in and we'll be back next week with another episode of that foreign key podcast. Thank you.